Welcome to the Story King Podcast, where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today we're going to talk about storytelling and song with songwriter Josh Dialosa. So today we're having a discussion with the lead singer from the band Dialosa and the Boys. Josh Dialosa is a singer, songwriter, and musician, but he's also an actor and writer and currently working on a screenplay. So I thought he'd be the perfect guest to sort of walk us through how you tell a story through song, and he's able to directly compare it to other forms of writing. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Josh Dialosa. Hi, Josh. How you doing? All right, welcome to the Story King podcast. Thank you very much for having me uh, come on today. No problem. So for the people out there not familiar with your work, why don't we start with the, an introduction, tell us a little bit about any projects you've done, what you're currently working on, and just overall what you're doing. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so I am an actor, I'm a musician, songwriter, and um I've written short stories, essays, poetry, um, all, all different kinds of things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, right now I'm working on um, getting an album together, you know, working on putting together the different parts for some, some of the songs that's going to be on the album. And uh, I've got some acting projects going on, uh, things like that. So yeah, we can, we can definitely talk about all that. Awesome. So, do you consider yourself a songwriter first then, or you kind of uh, switch back and forth between creative modes there? Uh, in terms of my writing, I'm definitely a songwriter first. Um, that's what I've been doing, you know, the longest. I, I started writing lyrics, I started writing music when I was a kid. I mean, I was I was 11 years old, 12 years old when I started you know, really writing down my thoughts in um, uh, song form, um, you know, as lyrics with, with the potential to, to put to music. Uh, and that's actually when I started writing poetry also was when I was a kid. So um, just whatever, whatever I was inspired by at that time, whether I was taking a walk, you know, um, uh, I always used to have my book on me, you know, when I would take uh, hikes or, you know, nature trails, things like that. Um, a lot of my early poetry is actually about uh, nature mm. and the way I felt, you know, being just completely surrounded by nature. And, you know, it's funny to look back at some of that stuff now, um, you know, uh, I... I can't believe some of the stuff I was <laughs> writing and feeling as like a kid, basically, um, you know, and, and so I've been, yeah, I've been doing this a long time. The poetry, I haven't done poetry in a long time. Um, I haven't done short stories or essays in a long time. Uh, songwriting and, you know, writing lyrics has really been um, the predominant, you know, kind of medium for me. So do you think... Like songwriting, I always look at songwriting as kind of like a form of poetry, so you distinguish between the two? Uh, you know, it I guess it depends on who you talk to. Um, 
you know, when you listen to The Doors, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Mo- Jim Morrison was a poet. Right. And he put his poems to music. And you could clearly, you know, see that in his lyrics. Um, when you listen to some of Led Zeppelin's songs, uh, you hear just pure poetry in their lyrics. Uh, King Crimson, you know, you hear just poetry. Um, so I would argue that, I guess in, in some senses they're the, they're the same. It's it's poetry backed by music. Um, but I guess I, I just have like a certain uh, way that I feel that poetry translates and poetry sounds that I would differentiate what, what would be more poetry and what would be more lyrics Got it, for, yeah. for that reason. But yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. At the end of the day, you're taking rhyme and you're putting, you know, music to it. Like what, what, you know, I've always learned from you, you know, when I was younger with, um, with rap, right. you know, you're essentially taking poetry rhyme and you're, you're putting the backbeat to it. Right. 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 Yeah. All right. And, uh, so why don't you talk about, you've mentioned already some influences, uh, the doors and all that. So who are some of your influences and why are they your, your influences? Okay, so uh, when I was younger, my biggest influences, uh, a lot of classic rock and um, oldies, oldie music, you know, as, as I call it, doo-wop, acapella, that kind mm. of stuff. I learned how to sing from listening to 96.7 and 101.1 uh, for the New Yorkers out there who might remember... Um, those were the, like the oldies stations when I was a kid, and my right. father was in a couple acapella groups. My father was a singer, so every weekend when we would see my dad, he would have those stations playing. So I learned how to sing and harmonize from listening to you know Johnny Maestro and the Cadillacs and you know uh, the Capris and the Temptations, you know, and all great harmonizers. Yeah, yeah, the Four Tops, you know, like all these all these groups that my father loved. And uh, I remember he used to uh, he used to say to me, you know, you know, Josh, to sound like that, you got to be black, <laughs> you know, because it's just that, you know, similar like to the blues, you know, there's that that just that sound, you know. And uh, so then I also got into a lot of classic rock, you know, um, Jimi Hendrix was a huge inspiration for me. Um, Pink Floyd, Eric Clapton, Led Zeppelin, um, The Who, you know, I was sure. really getting into blues, rock and roll, you know, um, stuff like that. I love jazz. I wouldn't say at this point in time, jazz really influences my songwriting, but I love jazz. I love old school jazz, 40s, 50s, 60s, Miles Davis, um, uh, you know, Bird, uh, Bill Evans, Chet Baker. Um, and then as I started getting older, you know, recently over the last like 10, 15 years, um, that's why I say saying recently over the last 10, 15 years, but, um, I love, uh, the hold steady is one of my favorite groups. Uh, the gaslight anthem. It's one right. of my favorite groups. Frank Turner. 
Um, I recently, over the last couple years, got into Bruce Springsteen a lot. When I was younger, I never got into him. But as I got older, I started to realize that um, because I'm so uh, invested in my songwriting and telling a story through my lyrics... You know, Bruce Springsteen is, is has become a major influence and inspiration for me in that sense. Right. I mean, he's a great storyteller, too. I mean, I, one of my favorite songs from him is Atlantic City. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but I love that song. Yeah, I love that song. And so, and then even his influences, you know, Dylan. Any songwriter who doesn't say that Bob Dylan, you know. Right. Buddy Holly, you know, um... Uh, Keith Richards, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people, actually give credit to Buddy Holly for creating the modern song format of, co- you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, break. Oh, really? You know, um, Keith Richards actually uh, credits Buddy Holly with creating that, that kind of format that we, most of us follow now, you know, now, still. Wow. Um, you know, so I, I really started diving into a lot of just storytellers, you know, and when you listen to the Hold Steady, Gaslight Anthem, you know, Springsteen, um, you know, these these guys, the music is great, first of all, you know, rock and roll, blues, alternative, singer-songwriter, uh, you know, but the the lyrics... You know, you could just put those, like you were saying before with poetry, you could just put those lyrics on a page, and even without music, it's telling an amazing story. Right. You know, and that's that's kind of like what I what I try to emulate now, you know, with my own voice. Um, I, I try to bring those, bring those aspects in. Speaking of which, so walk us through the process of writing a song. So do you start with the lyrics or the music? Because you're talking about writing poetry and how sometimes you could just put that to music. Um, I was listening to one of your songs on your SoundCloud, Life in General. You know, take us through the process of, of creating that one, for, for example. So, so Life in General, actually, um, it's funny that you chose that one because that one was written um, in, a, in, a, in a way that's a little bit more rare with the way I write. That one, the music was written first. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I was. I was in my room. I was. I, I had my friend, my friend Gino, who's a musician, um, over my house. We were in college, and we just started writing the the chord progression. And um, I was like, you know, that's that's a really that's a really cool chord progression. Um, and simple, you know, that kind of thing. But we were on two acoustic guitars, and we just started doing it. And then I took the the music and it inspired the lyrics um, because it was this kind of hard grungy you know thing. And when you listen to the lyrics, there's a I find there's a very delicate balance between kind of um, harder kind of grungy lyrics mixed with you know the softer side, which is where the bridge comes in, which is kind of like the alter ego of what the what the verses and the chorus sounds like. So I ended up writing the music first for that and then the lyrics. Okay. And uh, you also, in like two and a half minutes into that, you sort of have this like Spanish guitar section in it. So was that like an afterthought or? Yeah, so that that was the, that's, I guess you would call it the bridge. Um, it, 
it comes out of nowhere, which I really, really liked because, again, the song overall is this harder, you know, rock kind of kind of song. And I, uh, I wanted to show, I wouldn't say it was an afterthought, but I was like, wow, I want to do a cool bridge here. Um, and I want to, I want to, I want to take the audience on kind of a, kind of a, uh, ad- adventure into my mind, so to speak, where with the verses in the chorus, that's like one part of me. Just this kind of like loud, angry, you know, in your face, pissed off person. Right. But I also have this this side where, um, you know, there are people that have pulled me out of hell. <laughs> you right. know, my life. There are people who have who have you know reached down and and pulled me out of out of the mud, and. So I wanted to essentially thank them in that bridge and show that other side. Um, and that's where that happened. And the, the, the musicality part of that was, was a lot of fun doing because, you know, I, I play classical guitar as well. And I studied classical and jazz when, uh, when I went to school. So I was like, man, how, wouldn't it be really cool for me to, you know, kind of throw in you know my you know like the band yes like throw in throw in kind of like their influence or something you know uh uh steve howe the guitar player for yes you know classically mm-hmm. trained guitar player and i was like why don't i throw in like a classical element in this bridge and so i, I actually brought my cl- my classical acoustic guitar which has three you know nylon strings on there um they used to be cat you know, they used to be gut strings back in the day. Now they're nylon because they're not, you know, <laughs> killing cats right, to me. Right. But uh, so I brought that in and I was like, let me let me do some finger picking with this, you know, and I and I added little frills here and there. And, you know, um, and you could hear that in there. And then I did the uh, the um, regular acoustic on top of that, you know, my Martin that I have, my Sigma Martin. And then uh, my brother... Caleb who played drums on the track and he was also recording it I was like listen what can we do for like percussion here like bongos things like that so he brought like in a conga drum he had bongos overlaid it with that and then um, you know we added uh, I'm trying to remember if it was uh, an egg or if it was maracas I think it was an egg that we used and we got that like like you said like that kind of like Spanish sounding thing going on um, so that yeah, that was a lot of fun. The bridge, I feel like, that blows everybody away because it, it's completely off. It takes you completely off guard. Completely different sound to the rest of the song. And then when I come back into the song, essentially again, the core sounding of the song, you know, I come in with this wah wah solo. That again, it just like brings you brings you back to okay, yeah, thanks a lot. But by the way, life still is you know, freaking shitty sometimes. Right. So, you know, so. Right. No, it's cool. I mean, so speaking of which, and that's what I'm always amazed about. So how does instrumentation help tell the story? Because it, it is like, indeed, like helping the story, right? The instrumentation, it's not all about words. Yeah. So, you know, when you really dive into music, 
and songwriting and composing, you know, um, you get into a lot of uh, different things, you know, call and response, uh, question and answer. You know, when you when you look at the classical composers, you know, you 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 see a lot of the these things happening. Um, and one thing I learned a lot from studying classical guitar is that, you know, what I was always taught was that, you know, if there's a repeat, you know, A-A-B-B, for example, you know, playing the A section twice, playing the B section twice, then going back to the A section and, and finishing with that, or whatever the case is, um, never play it the second time the same way as the first time. Hmm. And I wouldn't say I translate that, or a lot of people translate that to to like something like you know rock and roll. Um, but um, you start to learn, and you start to figure out how these things work. Uh, the first time is kind of like a, a, a basic way of playing it. The second time, you know, bring in more more musicality, bring in more um, you know cadence, bring in more uh, uh, dynamics you know slow it down speed it up bring it you know and so when i play classical pieces that's what i really try to take from what i learned and so with and the same thing with with answer and 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 uh a call and answer or call and response question answer you know it's like you hear a lot of stuff in music where you know there's one line of mu there's one line of notes or chords and then there's a direct mirror to that that is meant to be the response that's meant to be the answer to the question you just asked with that phrase mm -hmm. you know and so all that's in my head you know and all that is like like tumbling around in there so when i'm writing uh the musicality definitely helps tell the story because even even if the lyrics come first uh when i'm putting the music together i'm trying to figure out what i want to convey with those notes, what I want to convey with the tonality, where I want to play the chords on the guitar, where what you know, because the guitar is you know, a lot of people either don't realize or or they just they just don't you know um, say it really. The guitar is an ex <laughs> it's a very difficult instrument. Um, there's so many phrasings, there's so many different like tonalities. You know, it's you could play the same thing so many different times you know ways and it's up to you as the songwriter as the composer to figure out what what sound you want and this is before you even talk about effects <laughs> right. you know and things like that especially if you're on an acoustic and you're just trying to you know convey a certain thing so it's like do i play the open chord do i play it as a bar chord do i play it you know where where on the neck do i want to play it so all that stuff comes into play do i want to play it with a capo do I want to change the key by, you know, do I want to transpose by by playing the chords in, in a separate key? Or do I want to use the capo and just move it up and down depending on where I want to do it? You know, all that stuff comes into play when telling the story. So do you think all songs and even all music tell a story? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, I don't think how, I, I don't see how they can't. Even even music um, without lyrics, you know, it, it's conveying emotion. It's conveying, um, you know, something. Um, Frank Sinatra, um, 
when he would see a piece of uh, uh, music for the first time, a song, he would actually try to become the character of of the person with the feelings that the song was conveying and the lyrics was were conveying. Um, almost like an actor would become a character for a role. He used to approach songs like that. Hmm. Um, and and you could tell. <laughs> you know, you listen to Sinatra and it's you could tell he is that person. It's almost like he wrote the lyrics himself. Right. Um, you know, when you listen to jazz that's instrumental or classical music, um, you know, that's instrumental, uh, I mean, some sometimes it, you know, blows you away even more than songs with lyrics, you know, um, which is why they call it the universal language, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of scores for movies, right? Like, a lot of times you can't even imagine the movie if they just take out that score. There's something that would be completely lost in the story if they take away the action sequence music or the, you know, anything, you know, just it really helps tell the story. So, and it's kind of this weird phenomenon because there's no lyrics in those, in the, that part of the movie, but the movie would be, it would just immediately turn um, worse <laughs> if, they, if you take that music out. Yeah, like if you think about, um, uh, you know, um, an action sequence with no... <laughs> with no um, music behind it, all of a sudden you, you just have like somebody running around. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? not, not so much action anymore, right? Yeah, you know, and um, when I think about that, I think about Bernard Herrmann, who, you know, I don't know if you're familiar, Bernard Herrmann did all the music for, um, or most of the music for Hitchcock. Ah. Uh. And the psychology there I'm a huge Hitchcock fan my favorite director and the psychology that Hitchcock conveyed in his films alone and then having you know Bernard Herrmann come on board and them work on that stuff together you know they were telling a story in the music and when you listen to the music in Hitchcock's films there's there's just as much psychology going on with the music mirroring the scenes that you're watching mm -hmm. and it's brilliant it's you know it's uh i mean books and books and essays and theses and you know you can yeah no i mean you think about it too like things like the two notes for jaws right that right? it's like freaky but it's like two notes but it really like like enhances the whole frightening aspect of it or uh what was it from the the it's like like is that from uh psycho or something or psycho psycho right yeah you know so, it, it like when you think of beethoven's fifth symphony it's simplistic almost to being kind of like comedic coming from beethoven but like everybody knows those notes <laughs> right and you 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 hear the anger and the emotion behind 
those that simple phrase, that simple statement that is the core of the fifth symphony. You know, and it's it's why I love music. It's what you know, yeah, like, absolutely. It, I can't I can't be without it. Right. I I think most people can't. You know, like uh I don't know many people who where music isn't a big part of their life in some form or fashion, you know? Right. So, as far as your own songwriting goes, are there any themes you find yourself always returning to? And that always, uh, that maybe even make their, their way into your other forms of writing as well? Yeah, um, you know, I, I've been through so much in my life. Um, just varying degrees of almost everything. Um, and I, I say to, you know, I say to myself, like other people have gone through this stuff. Mm -hmm. Other people who, you know, have gone through worse, you know? Um, and I know for me in my life, it's always made a big difference to kind of have that, um, that unifying voice of, you know, we're, we're here in this world together mm -hmm. and we're all fighting to stay alive, you know, and the end result is always that life is going to kill you at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> you know. My my wife had I I say this to my wife all the time and she hates the saying I said nobody's getting out of this world alive. It's a great saying. <laughs> it's a great saying, you know. <laughs> and and I always you know War, Warren Zevon. I can't remember if it's the name of the album or just the name of the song, but Warren Zevon famous famously said, you know, life will kill you. Right. <laughs> no. And it's true, you know. And so I always grasp onto that because for me, like, you know, in all of my writing. Um, Anybody who's listened to my songs, you know, listened to my lyrics, uh, the one thing that is kind of constant is, you know, you're very authentic. Um, and that's because I'm, I'm writing real shit, <laughs> you know, right. like I'm, I'm writing, you know, I'm conveying my soul to the page. Um, I don't hold things back. You know, I, I take poetic license yeah i'll take poetic license or, or take a page out of you know i won't i won't like say you know i'll speak in metaphor you know when i feel it necessary things like that because i am a you know as a storyteller you know we utilize that tool mm -hmm. um sometimes you don't want to just blatantly say something you want to convey it in a certain way um so i'll do that you know but i i don't i don't hold back when i write because i you know, I, I don't know how to hold back when I write, mm -hmm. you know, if that makes sense. Um, I, I have to, I have to say what I'm feeling. I have to say what I'm thinking because I feel like if I don't, I'm going to be like a phony, you know, I'm going to be someone who is, you know, hiding behind something. Right. Um, and as a storyteller, as a songwriter, as, as a musician, what, the, the thing that I want most from my audience is, you know, fuck, I feel that too. 
You know, like I want people to listen to my songs and say, man, like that, like that guy's like, that guy's following me around. <laughs> you know, right, like, right. I know I'm feeling that. And that's always been my, that that's my goal. So when I, when I write the themes that constantly come back, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's the, the emotion, the, the, the hard times, the good times that the emo, you know, that, that comes through in, in varying, varying degrees of emotion. You know, I, I wrote, um, I think I sent you, um, miles to go. Which is actually one that I wrote pretty recently. I started it about a year and a half ago, and I finished it a few weeks ago. Oh wow! Because um, that happens sometimes when I'm writing, and you know, I was like, "This is this is an anthem." You know, this is this is an anthem to to everyone who feels like they're not done yet. You know, we've been beaten down. We've been kicked in the face. You know, we're sitting there with our face in the mud. But there's fight left, you know, in us. And which is why in the lyrics I say a lot of we. I say a lot of us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just me. It's not just I. And I specifically made that a thing for that song when I was writing it because I wanted it to feel like we are doing this together we are standing up we have this left in us we have a lot of miles left to go before we before we die and we're not going to die by quitting we're not going to you know we're going to die on the highway fighting you know um you know I have one one lyric you know I'd rather I'd rather die out on the highway than at home sleeping. Right, <laughs> that's a great line. And I, I just it's kind of like you know the Neil Young line, which has always resonated with me my entire life. It's better to burn out than to fade away. That's cool. That to me is such a tremendous lyric. You know, because it's it's like, and that's kind of like how I live my life, I guess. And that's how that's what I convey you know in my music you know right I, it's kind of like uh you, you rest when you die that's another saying that's kind of conveying the same thing <laughs> yeah i'll sleep when i'm dead yeah yeah um you know it's uh you know i think about the uh i think about you know job <laughs> in the in the bible mm -hmm. you know there's this one scripture that's great um you know the, there is no you know, rest, rest for the weary. I think I'm paraphrasing, but uh. you know, it's uh, you know, I I can't I can't sleep. I can't find peace. I can't find rest because trouble is coming. You know, and I kind of like live on the edge like that. I, I'm always waiting for whatever is gonna pop up next. <laughs> and uh, I I write. That's the way I write. You know, like just give it give it your all and just know like i'm here next to you right now has do you think your writing has changed at all since uh you've started a family i know you have uh you have a little girl now or yeah um it has in some aspects the stakes are bigger to right take, uh, to take a a a technique from from the acting world um 
you know, before it was just me. And, you know, if I failed in life, if I failed in my day, you know, um, it was just me feeling that. And then when I got married, it was, you know, it was my wife feeling that. And which is still like, that's, that sucks, but it's still two adults being able to move forward. And now it's like, okay, but this life that I've been, you know, that I'm now a steward of, <laughs> you know, right. um, the stakes are so much higher. You know, I have to get my shit together. <laughs> you know, so, and that's really, I, I guess, so in my in my writing now, I think you could hear that the stakes are, are a lot bigger. Um and by taking it from the acting world, what I mean by that is, you know, one of the things you learn um, as an actor is, um, you know, what do you want? How do you get what you want? What's in your way? And what are the stakes? And the stakes is, you know, that's like such an important question when you're trying to figure out a character because it's like the stakes are what, you know, it's it's what's motivating you. Right. Like, what do they want? Yeah. And the, the stakes, you know, we say like an acting teacher will always say or I'll say to myself, like, you got to bring the stakes higher. To can you know to accomplish this monologue, to accomplish this scene, to accomplish this character, you got those stakes aren't good enough. You know what are the stakes, and you just jack, you keep jacking the stakes up higher and higher. And when you have a kid, when you become a parent, I, I don't really know where the stakes go from there. <laughs> right, right, like that's like the pinnacle, <laughs> which makes it terrifying, but it also makes it pretty you know cool. So you mentioned acting, so. You know, how do these other creative disciplines that you're involved in acting, um, screenwriting, for example, are there comparisons to songwriting or are they, they very different? Um, I would say very different. Okay. And the reason I say that, um, you know, I think, I think it was Robert Downey Jr. who said this and uh, a long time ago. And I, because um, a lot of people don't know he's a musician also. He's got an album mm. that he recorded um, back in the early 2000s. It's a great album. And um, uh, he said this, and I really kind of like grasped onto this. And now I say it because I think it's, it's very true. You know, acting allows me to be other people, music allows me to be myself. Mm. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's like so telling, you know, because I, I love acting because it allows me to not be myself, because um, I don't like myself all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know, I, I love climbing into the, the skin, essentially, of somebody else, and that person could be the shittiest person in the world. But I love climbing into that, you know, that that person, that life, that role, right. circumstance. Because it allows me to completely abandon. So it's like an escapism, form of escapism for you. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't a therapy session, but we could get into the psychology of that and talk about <laughs> it. But I, I love doing that because it gets me out of my life and away from myself. Um, with music... Even when I'm telling somebody else's story, even if I'm telling a story that's not my own, mm-hmm. 
I'm conveying it in my way. You know, it's 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 uh, which I guess in that sense it's it's similar to acting. You know, you're taking someone else's story and conveying it in your way with the choices that you make as an actor, right? But with music, um, when I'm writing, you know, so much of myself is in there. You know, so much is is going on. Um, you know, uh, it's it's funny because, you know, there are so many different schools of acting. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Stanislavski, you've got Stella Adler, you've got, you know, um, Uta Hagen, you've got, you know, all these different... Um, uh, things with, with, with acting and you know one will say you, you gotta you gotta bring as much of yourself into the role as possible you, you know and then so, you know, someone else like like you know Stella Adler will say like you have nothing in common with Hamlet right. <laughs> you are not anywhere near <laughs> the person and the situation that Hamlet is and is dealing with it's not even possible for you to think you could bring yourself into this, you know. Um, so for me, it, it's really it's really about what I'm telling in that in that song, what I'm telling in that story. Um, and I love it. I love the process because it's like, is it a hundred percent me? Is it just a little bit of me? Something that I can relate? Am I telling the story about somebody else? Like again, bring you know, talking about Springsteen, he made a career telling other people's stories. Um, you know, and a lot of that is him too. There's a lot of stuff that that is him and what he was feeling that he conveyed in his storytelling and his songs. Um, but he tells a lot of other people's stories. You know, or a type of person's stories, mm-hmm. and he made a career out of that, um, and it's brilliant. Um, so it really, it really depends on the the song and the story I'm trying to tell, too. Okay. Now we just got time for two more things. So, what do you give as advice for people trying to make their life? Uh, it's a last piece of advice for people wanting to live a creative life. You know, there's a lot of uh, ways to go about that now, but in some ways, you know, it's really saturated. You know, the internet has kind of leveled things. So what's some advice you would go for people wanting to uh, pursue that life, the creative life, whether it's acting, whether it's songwriting, trying to get gigs, um, jobs of ver- various kinds? What would you say to them? Um, start just by creating content. Um, it, that's your product. I, I hate, <laughs> I like, I loathe having like the business conversation when it comes to like the arts and being creative because I am not business minded. I am not someone who li- like, I just want to freaking get the role and do my job and leave right. it. You know, I just want to freaking write the song and get on stage and perform it. I don't even want to think about the marketing and the business aspect, but Nowadays, especially, you have like it's all you, you know, because it's like nobody's looking for you, right? <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody's trying to discover you. So, like, you just get over that right away. <laughs> Once you get over that, you're freeing yourself to do the work you have to do. Um, you know, so create the content. Just you know, you want to be a songwriter. You know, pick up the pad. Grab a pen and just start writing. 
writing your thoughts. Doesn't even matter what format. Don't even think about the format. Don't think, oh, does this sound nice? Does this sound poetic? Does this rhyme? Like, just, just start writing stuff. I write stuff all the time. They're not, you know, I have loads of stuff that, like, lines, lyrics, things that don't rhyme, whatever, just thoughts, ideas, and then eventually they may find themselves into a song. So just start writing stuff. Um, you're a musician, start, start writing stuff. Pick up your instrument, start writing stuff. Write a cool beat. Write a, you know, write a line. Um, write a phrase. Write, write a chord progression. Um, and try not to get too much in your head about it. Nothing is original anymore. You're, right. you're not going to, you're not going to play the lost chord progression. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, okay. So don't like, cause that happens too. There's a perfectionism that comes out with right. people where it's like, no, this isn't original enough. No, this is not good enough. You know? And it's like, it's healthy to a certain point, but you, you have to know where the line is where you're like, it's okay. It's okay. If this chord progression has been used, it's a, look, like, listen to punk rock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it is amazing, but you know, the, the chord progression has all been used. Um, if you're an actor, uh, jump into a class, um, audition for a local show. I know it's a little bit harder now than it was because of the you know everything going on, but um, submit yourself for a short film. Submit yourself for student films. Student films is the bread and butter of the beginning of every actor's career who wants to be on film. Mm -hmm. No pay. They might pay for your transportation. They might give you a meal, but it brings your resume. You know, it adds credits to your resume. Local theater, Ju just audition. Jump into private classes. You know, private instruction, um, regular classes, Zoom classes, whatever, whatever you can find locally. Um, jump in. Start reading and studying what other actors and musicians have done and are doing. I, I read biographies and autobiographies constantly. Mm -hmm. I watch biographies constantly. Um, you want to be a director? Go pick up a book about Hitchcock. I'm just going to tell you, start there. Let's <laughs> just start right, right. So basically, uh, art over outcome is basically what you're saying. Do it. Just do it. Just start doing right. it. Or do the work. You know, because that's, you know, read, read, um, read the war of art. Oh, yeah. Stephen Pressfield. Oh, my God. You can, you can read it so many times as a creative person. Yeah, I love that book. Um, yeah, just doing it because, you know, the outcome will come. You know, the work will, will happen, um, but you, you have to do it. You have to, like, sit down and do it. Um, stop saying you're going to do it. Right. You know, um, so if you want to be creative in some way, if you want to make that part of your life, I, I read a great quote by Morgan Freeman today, actually, that I thought was just great. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, do it for the enjoyment. Right. There can be times where you don't have money. You know, you're going to hear no a lot. So you have to do it for the pure enjoyment of doing it. And a bit, uh, you need a bigger reason than fame and fortune. <laughs> I yeah, I feel compelled to do this. I feel compelled to act, to write, to perform. I have to do it. Otherwise I start getting twitchy.
like a, you know, like a junkie. Like I'll start getting twitchy. Like I have to, I have to do I it. I think every true artist feels that, you know? Yeah. So last but not least, if our listeners wanted to check out your music, your work, how do they contact you or how do they follow you online? Where can they do that? Um, so you can always check me out on social media, um, at, uh, on Instagram. It's just, you know, at Joshua Dialosa. And I'm sure you'll have the spelling of that. Um, uh, on Instagram for my music uh, is at Dialosa and the boys. Um, Facebook, uh, you could follow my page, my actor page, Joshua Dialosa. Dialosa and the boys is also on Facebook. And then on Twitter, the same thing, Joshua Dialosa. Um, on Twitter, because of the amount of characters you can have in a name, I think it's Dialosa the boys. Um, something like that, but I'm on Twitter also for both, you know, my acting and, and my music. SoundCloud, um, Joshua Dialosa Music, uh, in parentheses, Dialosa and the Boys. And you can follow me on IMDb, Joshua Dialosa. Um, you can see my stuff on there. I have a lot more that's on there that's with theater and stuff that I do, uh, because on IMDb they don't show theater credits. Uh, I am doing, I'm in the middle of shooting a, a, a horror film right now called The Grave Maker. Mm. And um, you'll see pictures and posts I put up of that. Um, really awesome. I can't say anything about it other than that I'm playing the, a detective. Okay. And um, so The Grave Maker is what I'm doing right now um, in terms of film. And I'm currently working on an album. Uh, currently working on getting the songs together for an album and working on the different parts. So you can uh, keep an eye out on my social media for um, unplugged versions as well as a full album version of, of, of my songs coming up. Um, and that's, yeah, so I got a lot going on right now. Awesome. I'm going to make sure I have all that stuff in the show notes. Josh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the Story King podcast. Yeah, man. Anytime. I, I really enjoy it. I could talk about film and I could talk about music <clears throat> and acting for, for hours. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, and I'm actually looking to start a podcast of my own talking about films. Uh, so that, uh, that you could keep an eye out on my social media um, for when that happens. We're in the very early stages. But if you love film, if you love talking about film, if you're a movie buff like I am, uh, this is going to be a podcast that you want to listen to. So. Definitely look out for that. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. So that was my conversation with Josh Dialosa. All of his links will be in the show notes for you guys to check out. And if any of you listeners out there write a story and would like the chance for it to be read on the show, or if you're a writer and would like to be interviewed for the show, you can reach me at storykingpodcast at gmail.com. Just include your name and where you're from and what kind of writing you do. Again, that's storykingpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on YouTube and Twitter. Those links will be in the show notes. And please click like on our Facebook page. We're at facebook.com forward slash storykingpodcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram. Our username on there is storyking.podcast. And if you'd like to be a part of what we're doing with the show, please consider becoming a patron. You can choose a monthly membership tier at www.patreon.com forward slash thestoryking. That link will also be in the show notes. One more thing, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the favor of subscribing and leaving a positive review on iTunes or the medium of your choice. I'd greatly appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to the Story King podcast where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. Please join us next time for another great story. Until then. 